everyone. I'm Talal Isa and I'm talking to you from Amman. I have with me today Patrick McGuinness. He is an investor in more than 20 companies and he's the founder of Dorigo Advisors. He is particularly interested in providing strategic advice to businesses operating in Latin America and other emerging markets. And he is the man behind quote unquote FOMO, the fear of missing out. Welcome, Patrick. It's really good to have you with us. I was reading your bio and wondering how could this guy do it all and still keep his day job? And it seems that your answer is be a 10% entrepreneur. So to begin with, tell us more about this concept. Tell us more about your book with the same title, The 10% Entrepreneur, and why you wrote it. Sure. So I never thought I'd become a a writer or somebody who spoke about entrepreneurship. I was very much in the corporate world. I worked on a big, tall building in Park Avenue in New York City. And um, the only reason I even thought about doing this was that in 2008, my company was part of the financial crisis. And I went from a very stable job to basically my company being bankrupt. And so I realized that I should have been diversifying myself all along by doing things on the side. It never occurred to me that maybe my one job would not be enough. But in fact, I learned that one job isn't enough. And that's when I started doing things on the side as a way to try new things, gain access to upside, and diversify myself. So I started doing that now about six years ago. And now I've done over 20 projects. I've done real estate investing. I've done tons of startups. I've even invested in a play in London. And uh, we can talk about that later. And this all turned into me writing this down because all my friends and started hearing about this and wanting to know how they could do it too. Because it's kind of like you get the best of both worlds, right? You get the stable sort of, you can still pay the bills, but you're also getting the excitement of entrepreneurship. So I started writing about it and then I got introduced to an agent and I actually ended up selling the book in 2015 and I wrote it. I sat for a month in the winter time in my homeland of Maine, my home state of Maine, which is the coldest place in America probably. And I went there when there were tons of snow on the ground and I just sat and wrote for 30 days. So tell us more about why you chose the 10%. How did you come up with this number? Why not 15 or 20 or 30? And is it a transitional period until until you reach a point where you give uh, 50%, 60% up to 100? Or is it, uh, or would you rather just stay at the 10% phase? So the 10, I'm going to be very honest. This is like a big secret. It was at first the 20% entrepreneur. And I don't even know why. I just thought like 20%. And then as I started to try to do it, it felt like too much time and too much money. And so then I thought I would try 10%. And what I learned was that that actually kind of worked for me. But it also started to think about, and I don't know, um, for, for those of you who aren't familiar, in, in some religions, I guess like zakat in, in Islam or, or a tithe, where you give 10% of your, your money to, the, to, to your religious organization, I thought about it like that. It's sort of like, why is it 10%? It's because it's meaningful, but it's something that everybody can do. And in the same way, the 10% entrepreneur, I thought everybody can give 10%. It's, you're not going to have to change your life. But if you do well with it, it can actually change your life in a positive way. So that's how I came up with 10%. Now, for some people, you will never go beyond 10%. It's perfect for you. Maybe not go beyond 8%, you know, but ideally 10%. For some other people, it will go 10 and maybe 50 and maybe someday even 110%. So it can be a pathway to full-time entrepreneurship for some people. But for other people, they like their day job. They're not interested. It's just a great way for them to be part of entrepreneurship without having to be a full-time entrepreneur. 
So let's talk a little bit about FOMO. So the first time I heard the word, I was a freshman, and being the person I am, I tried to do, I was trying to do everything at the same time. I was trying to study, be like uh, involved in maybe four to five activities. And one day my friend told me, uh, I think Tala, you need to stop. And like, I think you are going through the syndrome of uh, the fear of uh, missing out. And I realized that this is bad. It's not something good to like, uh, not give in your full-time commitment to and to like, um, uh, one or two activities. So I want to know what you think about that because you obviously think that it is good um, or not necessarily good. I don't know, maybe I misunderstood you. So yeah, FOMO, so FOMO isn't all bad. There are some good things about it, but in general, I think it's bad because the reality is that FOMO is caused by a, um, by having too many options and not being able to choose them. And it causes stress and it makes us, can even cause depression. Now where I think FOMO can be good is that if you feel tons of FOMO, you may be learning subconsciously that there is something you wish you were doing that you aren't doing. So for example, I um, look at Facebook and I see my friend who's in Petra and I'm like, I have major FOMO, so I'll plan a trip and go to Petra. And I just went and guess what? It was worth it. Um, but in general, if you live your life using external factors to decide what will make you happy, you're probably going to make a lot of other people happy and not yourself. Uh, so you previously invested in uh, the Middle East and other emerging markets, uh, and you are here now in Amman. So tell us more about what brings you to this region, uh, what potential do you see here, and uh, would you ever want to invest in a startup or a company from Amman or from uh, the region in general? Yes. So even though I have the most American, well, Irish sounding name, but I sound very American. In fact, and I come from a small town in Maine in America, which is a very, it's the, actually the whitest state in the United States, believe it or not, I found out. Even despite all that, um, I, like you'll find with many people you meet overseas from the United States, I've spent my entire career overseas and I spent my entire career in emerging markets. So I started working in um, Latin America, and then I worked in Turkey and China and, um, and, and in the Middle East and um, in Pakistan even. And now I've been to 81 countries actually. Jordan is number 81. So, um, so I've seen a lot of things in emerging markets and I'm really attracted to working with emerging markets because I think there's tremendous opportunity, there's tremendous talent, and with the technological revolution, the internet, this is the first time in human history that we're able to build teams that are not reliant on borders. We can cross borders, we can bring the best people together, and we can build companies that leverage the strengths of all kinds of different people. And so I have, I would certainly be open to investing uh, in something in this part of the world. Um, I haven't spent as much time here as in other places. So my personal investments are largely in Latin America and in Europe. But, um, you know, I'm here now, so there is a, you know, a reasonable chance I'll meet